Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash talkdirection. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast, where we talk about everything One Direction, from news to album updates to the weird thing Harry did on stage the other night. Talk Direction, by the fans, for the fans. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. And this is our 68th episode of Talk Direction, and pretty much we've just peed, refilled our waters, and now are restarting with the second half of Harry in Another Man. And this episode is going to include the three different interviews or like writing parts of, of all about Harry in the magazine. The last episode was all about the photographs and his personal archive of his um, items. So this one is going to start off with the Paul McCartney interview and we're just going to get right into it because we're hoping to try to keep this to an hour. Um, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> also, it's really funny because one of our listeners um, was like, can't wait for your three hour long episode this week, guys. And I was like, oh, there's no way it could be three hours. And I was like, it's really going to end up being, if not over three hours. Like, Yeah, because the other one was like uh, just under two hours. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, but I think almost the, the pictures and Harry's archive was way more telling than the actual interviews. Um, yeah. but I did post a lot of like questions that I wanted to talk about. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see. So let's start off with the Paul McCartney interview. Okay. So this was Paul McCartney. That's awesome. Um, what happened was Harry telephoned Paul McCartney for what they called a masterclass in surviving fame, fame, staying grounded, and the secret to going solo. Um, so what was your reaction to the fact that Paul McCartney interviewed Harry Styles? I mean, you can't get much better than that, honestly. Mm -hmm. And also in terms of just like star power, because Paul McCartney is a name that like everyone recognizes, everyone respects. Mm -hmm. um, and he just like has such a solid force in the yeah. industry that like, no one's gonna be like, oh, like I distrust Paul McCartney's view right. on this young lad. You're gonna be like, oh, right. this guy is someone I should listen to. Mm -hmm. um, and also the fact that Paul McCartney went from uh, a boy band basically and went solo after that. Like you couldn't think of anything like more like, you know, relevant mm -hmm. to Harry's position. So I think it just like yeah. great on all like regards. Right, and Paul McCartney has lasted, you know? Yeah. He's like, lasted for years and years and years and is still so hugely famous today mm -hmm. and important today to music. And sometimes I think as as their little seedlings in the music industry, it's hard to predict who's going to be that like everlasting. Mm -hmm. um, and I really hope that Harry is going to and is somehow going to change music just like the Beatles did and Paul McCartney did, you know? Um, wow. Somehow like... What? That he didn't? No, I said, wow. I'm just like crying, oh. just thinking about it. Oh, I was like, what? Am I yeah, wrong? I'm just gonna like, crap on the Beatles right now. Like, let me just tear uh, down Paul McCartney. Uh, but like, uh, we don't, we can't say who's gonna have that impact yet. Like, yes, we can predict, but you, we can't really say. Um, and it just, we're hoping that's what Harry's headed towards. And it looks like that's what Harry's headed towards based on like everything this magazine has put out. Um, so I just think that's so cool to have someone like 
a sort of who is Harry's idol, like, or an idol he probably looks up to and is inspired by, like, talking in conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and the thing was, Harry was sort of interviewing him back a bit and, like, asking yeah. questions like about, like, yeah, asking him, like, questions. And I think those were my favorite moments in the interview. Um, I almost wish another man wasn't asking questions or prompting or whatever, and it was just more of a dialogue between Harry and Paul. Um, oh, Harry and Paul, uh, <laughs> my, my good old pals. Um, um, but I think it was the most insightful to hear Harry asking Paul stuff. Yeah, um, I think you so too. Agree with that? Yeah, and it seemed like so intimate. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wait, like, what is going on? Like, how is this printed in a magazine? Like, I feel like I'm <laughs> eavesdropping. Like, yeah. um, it just seemed like a conversation between two old friends that, like, mm-hmm. somehow got printed in a magazine. Uh, and, like, I definitely don't think, like, one was interviewing the other. Like, I really do think it was, like, a dialogue between right. them both. Yeah. Um, and so I pulled out some things that sort of stood out to me in the in the interview mm. of, of what Harry said. I didn't so much include what Paul said, but feel free to, like, throw in anything you think I missed. Okay. Um, I, I sort of sorted it by theme. Um, cool. So the first section is about Holmes Chapel being Harry's base, which we kind of already knew. He's talked about it before, being able to go home. Um, but I also just loved hearing Harry speak in such an articulate way about the things he cares about. So I kind of just wanted to he- read it in his own words, I guess. <clears throat> now I'm reading from a really fuzzy picture because I didn't go back and change what I had um, posted in here since we got way better quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but about Holmes Chapel, Harry said, My parents still live where I grew up, and that's one of the places for me where I feel like I disappear the most. It's what I, it's, it, if that's what I'm in need of, I go back to Cheshire a lot and walk around the same fields, and it's one of the things that isn't going to change no matter what happens. It's nice to have stuff like that where it's no different from it was when I was 10. I'm lucky that I still have a base there. Mm. Um, And then he also said, if you can step outside of the craziness and appreciate it for the fact that it's extraordinary, see it as this amazing thing for a second, it's all right. If you think, if you just think that's how life is, that's when you lose touch. It's good to have people who can tell you you're an idiot and tell you when you're wrong. I think that's as important as having people geeing you up sometimes. Going home is probably always the answer, mm. um, which I just, I mean, I feel like going home for anyone sort of, whether it's like because you need to be back in touch with like normalized life, but also just like being around people who know you and being in around a town that knows you or like, like the trees and like just the buildings and stuff that like bring you back to somewhere maybe when like you were more grounded or felt more like yourself Mm. um, is something we can all relate to. Yeah. And I really like how he calls it like a base. Like I think that's such Mm -hmm. a, like an apt description of like home. It's just like, you know, your home base, you know, your headquarters. It's like, um, and I think that it's really nice that his parents still live in the house that he grew up in because I could imagine how jarring that would be for him to like, kind of like, you know, leave home at 16 and then come home to a completely Mm -hmm. brand new house. And it like, obviously, you know, his family would still be there, but like, it wouldn't have all those like physical memories that like, you know, a house has and just like yeah. the love and the, you know, the, all the memories you have there. Right. Yeah. Um, I also loved his word geeing. Am I pronouncing that right? I have no idea, but you sound like you knew what you were doing. So. <laughs> I mean, I looked it up and looked oh, okay. up the definition. What I don't is know it? if it's, it's like, like kind of like, 
It's like keying you up, getting you excited, like pushing okay. you to do things, like that type of thing. Um, but I really like that vocab right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't have much else to say about this section of questions to ask. Did you? Um, no, but I just love the Paul McCartney and Harry Styles little back and forth. I don't know why I said it like that, but it's, it's weird <laughs> to like call them their full names, but it's also weird to call them Harry and Paul. So um, <laughs> I know. Mr. Styles and Mr. McCartney. Um, so Paul says, yeah, I'll go along with that. When he was talking about like going home, when Harry was talking about it, he said, yeah, I'll go along with that. In fact, I'll come home with you, Harry. And then Harry says, my mom would love it. Like that's adorable. Like, I hope they I know. do there just were, become good friends. There were so many moments of, like, that sort of banter back and yeah. forth that just, like, seemed so relaxed, which I really liked yeah. um, in this in this particular one. I love seeing when people, like, you seeing the moments when Harry is, like, charming someone. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. It's just, like, this oh, is in action. You can watch it happen. I know. <laughs> um, all right. Then the next thing that I had is Harry asking questions to Paul McCartney. Um, and the first question he asks is, can I ask you a question? <laughs> um, but then he says, when you first went from being in a band to being on your own, what was the creative side of that like? There's obviously so much knowledge of who you were when you were in the group, in this group. Did you find it at all difficult to think, if I do anything different, it is going, is it going to be right? How mm -hmm. did you approach that first creative experience? Um, and Paul was talking about how he just wanted to do something super simple at the beginning. And like, he had been writing songs like on the road with the Beatles and he just sort of put out a really like simple solo album. Um, he called it a front room sort of thing. Don't really know what that means. <laughs> like recorded in the front room. I don't I know. <laughs> um, and so he says, I, he didn't think too much about it. Um, and he just sort of wanted to do it but then he wanted to then go and make tracks that were different from what the Beatles did and like try that out um and then go he then eventually he went back to sort of Beatles sounding stuff so it was a bit like like trying new things and going back and forth um but I thought that was a really interesting question and like especially that Harry was asking it and like it like what do you think that first what's your reaction on this and also how does that make you feel about what Harry's thinking and feeling right now I mean, it just seemed very honest and, like, open. And this is, like, kind of the part where I was like, whoa, this feels, like, weird that, like, we're reading this. Um, mm -hmm. Because it just kind of seemed like Harry really is, um, I don't know, it's, like, from, like, trying to get advice from one person who may actually understand mm -hmm. um, his situation. Um, because, like, I mean, I didn't even think about, like, how weird it would be to, like, kind of have, like four or three other people like to go to and be like this is okay right to like having no one except for like people that you like kind mm -hmm. of hire around you or like your mm -hmm. friends who like maybe aren't as knowledgeable like um and I mean it's kind of I've th it's probably reassuring um for Harry to hear that he kind of that Paul didn't like know what he was doing at first he kind mm -hmm. of just like had to go all these different ways um, and I mean, I think that there must be more pressure on Harry to like do something like big and different than One Direction. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how like celebrity culture was back then, but I just, I feel like this, it's kind of like your first one, your first solo album has to be spectacular or right, you're going to be yeah. forgotten about. Um, it's not, it's not really an option to just mm -hmm. kind of just throw something As, I mean, there. especially coming out of something like One Direction. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's not like he's starting up and like going somewhere and maybe like the first one won't matter as much as the second one, you know, once he's gained a crowd, but like everyone's watching him. 
Yeah. Like, and it also, has to be yeah. good. And, I mean, maybe this is, like, simplifying the time too much, but I feel like um, the Beatles were such a big deal that, like, uh, like he'd kind of, like, I don't know, anything Paul did maybe would be respected, but now there's mm-hmm. kind of just so many people that could just easily take Harry's place. If, like, right. I don't know. I just feel like there's – it's, like um, – in our culture, celebrities and, like, artists are kind of, like, commodified into just, yeah. like, this thing that's, like, not human. And it's just, like, oh, like, if you don't do well enough, like, there's 70 other, like, cute British boys that can take your place. So, right. I mean, that in that, in that way, it's, that seems really stressful to me. Yeah, and I think also this is the moment where he he becomes more than just, like, a boy band artist, which is stupid. But, like, that's the truth of it. Like, he's stepping out onto, like, the big world. And I think this is where he's becoming, like, a mature artist or whatever. Um, Where, like, people are going to be really looking towards him to either say, yes, he's cool, we want him, like, this is awesome. Or to be like, no, that's so dumb. Only girls listen to Harry Styles, like, young teenage girls, you know? So, like, he has to get it right. I suppose, because the world's messed up. But, like, <laughs> honestly, everyone's looking at this, and, and it could be a game-changer, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and also, just, it makes me think of, like, what we could expect from Harry's music if he is thinking about, like, what, how to do music differently than mm-hmm. One Direction, and, like, if that's a thing he wants to do. We don't know what Harry sounds like without writing for One Direction, because it could yeah. be very different. You know, writing for Harry than writing for a band. Um, So that's also something that's, like, he's obviously thinking of. And how will fans support him or not support him or be into the music that he does if it's not, like, this current pop stuff and it's something, like, completely different? Will people still like that? Mm -hmm. Um, And all those types of thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, The next question Harry asked was, How do you find going from touring with so many people around you to going out doing songs you'd written every word of of and doing it that way and Paul said it was really good because there was a lot of freedom um and that like while you were in a group you could do things together you couldn't always you were sort of in a bubble and you couldn't always like do everything you wanted you know and now you get a lot more freedom as a solo artist um and I thought that just I love that Harry Harry said you'd written every word of Mm -hmm. and doing it that way it made me very excited that perhaps Mm -hmm. we're gonna get songs written where Harry wrote every word of um, I mean, I'm not sure because we haven't seen any of those pop up on the, uh, the website that has all the songs written, but I doubt Harry's going to post them there, yeah. at least the ones that'll end up on an album or most of them, because it'll be so secretive. Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking about this question? Um, I'm trying to find out in the doc cause I like kind of forgot what you just said, but, um, I think that like this reminds me of something that Zane was saying um, a while ago, I think it was Zane at least, and saying how um, like um, acting's like different because you know you get to be a different character, and it's but then like when you're solo and yourself, like there's nothing to shield you from the criticism between you and the audience. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like like being solo is gonna I don't know just open you up to like a whole new range of emotions and like mm-hmm. be that good or bad because like you know the good stuff like the uh the like the praise and the love is going to feel like I feel like maybe more not maybe I don't know more genuine or more 
you can appreciate it more because it's all for you and just you. Right. And, like, what you wrote, like, every single thing that you wrote is, like, Mm -hmm. what they love. So that's going to feel great. But then I think on the flip side, like, you're so vulnerable and you're, like, putting your, like, you know, bare belly out there, whatever that freaking (laughs) phrase is. And you don't have a shield between you or, like, a buffer because it's just, Mm -hmm. like, it's, you know, it's your artwork. It's your feelings only. You don't – you can't Mm -hmm. shift it onto anyone else. And, like, there's no one else there to kind of, like – carry the weight of like criticism with you it's kind of just all on your shoulders which seems now he has to carry the weight am i right so true (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think he said that really well so i won't um comment more but i definitely agree with you Mm, thanks um okie dokie what else do i have uh would you want harry to do something simple like paul did he said I don't know what that meant. I haven't listened to his first solo album, yeah. but, or would, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what that means. Uh, I think I'd rather him take more time and like really mm-hmm. think and curate this to be like the sound that he wants to present in the world. And I feel like he's going to do that. Yeah. Um, Cause he could easily just like kind of throw something out there and people would still like gobble it up. But it's like, mm-hmm. I think, he clearly wants to put in effort and thought into it. Yeah. And and, and with the timeline going all over the place, I don't yeah. think we're going to see something soon. Which is fine. Um, I mean, in the end, yeah. it might turn out to be better. And, mm-hmm. you know, got to think about it that way, even though it's not my right. grubby little paws right now. It's right. the best. But with us knowing, and we're going to discuss this on Niles, that Niles' stuff is going to come out, like, late spring, early summer. There's yeah. still potential for Liam to drop something this fall. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping November, like, come on, Liam. Liam, come through. And then Harry can be next fall, slash, I don't know when. If it's not next fall, it'll be later. Than oh, that, God. I, I, know. I know. I'm just like, yeah, he can take as much time as he wants. But, like, also, I want to find next There's month. a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, they are thinking there is a deadline. Like, how do we keep you in the public? Mm-hmm. I, which is something I think so much with what Niall dropping his single was about, even though whatever Niall said it was about. But I think it was very much, like, keeping them relevant. So how do they stay relevant, um, but also take time to do something really important? You know, there's that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to now... Oh, do you have anything else about the Paul McCartney bit? Mm-mm. Okay, let's move to the Chelsea Handler interview. Cool. Next. Um, Chelsea Handler, they labeled this section as talk show queen Chelsea Handler quizzes Harry on LA life, his love life, and the afterlife. Um, and Chelsea Handler is one of Harry's friends. I think back to that uh, Instagram post that started the Harry thigh tattoo drama of 2015. Um, that was where we saw his thigh tattoo for the first time. Was it? I one- thought it was on James Corden. No, it was on her... Uh, Instagram, and then we saw, we were getting ready, we wanted to see it on James Corden. Oh, you're right, you're right, yeah. But we never could figure out what it was. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So, they've been friends for a while. I don't know how close of friends they are, but um, it was clear in the interview that they were friends with each other. Mm -hmm. What's your first initial reaction to this interview, Kara? Um, I'm just glad that they got someone who, like, knows him, and, like, not just some random Mm -hmm. journalist who is just... Um, I don't know, there's going to be definitely a barrier there. Uh, and also, like, they're not going to know what to ask. They might not feel comfortable, like, asking, like, like probing. I mean, like, Chelsea, like, gave him some, like, you know, easy easy questions. Um, mm-hmm. What's that? Like, an underhand pitch, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, respectful, you know, I think it was good. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad because Chelsea can sometimes be, um, I don't know how to say it, just kind of, like, 
over the top, I guess. Right. And I, I think I like her as a person. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm glad that like, she kind of like, I don't know, like she, this clearly is very respectful and I really right. enjoy this. And I think, um, she did a good job. Yeah, me too. And I think it's interesting to think about like, Harry must have chosen her, right? Yeah, yeah. He could have his pick from anyone and he chose her. So there was a reason he chose her. You yeah. Know? Um, so, and I'm sure they talked about what they were going to talk about like beforehand to yeah. make sure it was okay or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm glad it was like this. And I think there was some nice banter again. It was more conversational. Um, she did ask some more daring questions than that, what we would see uh, in a One Direction interview, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But then there were questions that like didn't give us that much new information, um, yeah. which is kind of expected, especially if like the general public is going to be consuming this yeah. rather than like some intense 1D fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, they started off the interview with some like chit chat about sharing the same trainer That's and there so was cute. some good old Harry humor in there, which was nice to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but then again, I broke this into sections. So the first one is about Dunkirk and Chelsea was asking him about like why he chose to do acting and like his first thoughts about it. Um, so I'm going to just read some quotes and then we can discuss. Um, the first one is, I did acting at school. It's sometimes, it's something I've always wanted to explore, but I was busy with the band. So I never felt like I had time to do it in the right way with, we, we, when we took off, when we took some time off, I thought I'd see if it might work. It's a challenge, but it feels good to be out of my comfort zone. Um, so like we knew he'd done acting in school, but I think sort of the big joke in the fandom was that like Harry can't act from the iCarly, um, thing. Thing that they did um but the fact that he's been thinking about it and wanting to do it and then like finally got the chance um i think is cool and and, and the fact that he is out of his element um is is cool and like new and exciting and i know like for me those things can be scary but also like the best experiences uh did you have anything to say about that um no i'm just i don't know it's so weird to think that harry has like a comfort zone just because like I know he's so he just seems like he could walk anywhere and just feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and at ease so in that way that made him seem more human because I'm just like oh Harry gets nervous sometimes um so I mean that's like nice to hear that like not every like he I don't know like when I think of someone who's like comfortable in any situation I think Harry because like he can charm anyone and like Mm -hmm. just feel like seem comfortable in any situation so Mm -hmm. it's nice Yeah, and I know in this bit, he talked about how, like, his first day on set, like, walking in and just seeing how many people worked on this movie and, like, what a, like, incredibly big project it is. Um, I know, like, when I went to, and you went to, like, to the uh, Harry Potter studio tour in England, Mm. um, like, it was just so overwhelming how many people put so much time yeah. and thought into movies you you really the movies are like the actors that's the faces you see and like maybe the director maybe but like there's so many other people yeah like from makeup artists to like the people who do the sound to the people who hold the lighting to like the people who like make the props and the outfits and like pick out what props to put where and how to arrange them. Like there's just Mm -hmm. so many things that you don't even think about that have all been like specifically chosen by talented people. And I know I felt that overwhelming feeling and it was, it definitely made it more human to be like, Harry also felt that overwhelming like feeling of like realizing how intense a project it is and how little 
an actor is compared to like the whole big thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to read this next quote that starts with, I feel lucky? This is his, um, him talking about Christopher Nolan, the director of Dunkirk. Um, oh yeah. Um, I feel lucky to be involved in it. It feels like a really cool project. I'm a big fan of his movies. I'm kind of in awe of him. He has an amazing brain, the way he works stuff out. He clearly does so much research, and I guess that's why he doesn't just churn out a load of movies. It definitely takes some of the nerves away. You know, if you do something wrong, he'll tell you. What did you think of this? I think it's awesome because, I mean, Christopher Nolan's a super talented guy, so to, like, hear Harry talk about him this way is just, like, awesome to know. Like, I don't know, for some reason, like, I keep forgetting that, like, I know, like, Harry's in a Christopher Nolan film, but I forget that means Christopher Nolan and Harry are going to be interacting. Mm -hmm. Um, And that means that, like, Christopher Nolan chose him and, like, all this stuff. I, like, somehow put them in separate boxes and, like, forget that they're going to be interacting. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really cool because, I mean, like, he's getting, like, the best experience he probably could get for a first-time actor um, in a movie. So, like... It just, I, I don't know. It's really awesome. And, like, I know the movie's going to be good because, like, all Christopher Nolan films are. But, like, it just reassured me, you know? When I was talking to one of my housemates about this, um, she was like, oh, my God, I, can't, I, I thought he would be in, like, a Zac Efron role rather than, like, a Christopher yeah. Nolan. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's right. The world <laughs> is getting ready to see this. I know. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just um, really cool to think of also, like, Harry like preparing for this role and like reading the script for the first time or like going back and like watching Christopher Nolan movies and like maybe Mm -hmm. paying attention to the actors and trying to like prepare for like going into this um because you know like I think sometimes you can you sort of forget well we've talked about this entire thing that like they are people with like fears and like what would you do in that situation in that new situation and like all the moving parts around you are similar to like different things that happen in your own life so Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's cool to think about. Mm. Um, was there anything I missed so far that you wanted to talk about? Um, nope. Okay, so on living in L.A., um, Harry talked about living in L.A., and he said, I think it's a bad place to visit. People go for a week and say they hated it. When you ask them what you did, what they did, you completely understand why they hated it, because they did the weirdest stuff, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. I know, I want to know what it is, like what he thinks is weird. I know, but, like, I guess, I mean, I went to L.A., and I didn't hate it, but, like, um, this this past summer, I, and I could, but I could understand, like, if you go to the Wax Museum, and you tour this thing, and, like, you go on a tour of, like, people's houses, like, it could be kind of odd, um, but then he continued to say, it's definitely a place where you can get into some weird crap, <laughs> but I have a couple of friends who moved out here, out there for work, so I have a nice little group of people here, there. The weather is constantly exceptional. Growing up in England, if it's sunny, your mom comes in and goes, it's sunny, you need to get out of bed right now. In LA, you get up every day and it's like that. You end up having a life filled with doing pleasant things. You don't mind going to work that much. I felt this like was a little unrealistic. I know, know, like, (laughs) oh, the weather's bright. Going to work is easy and fun and you just want to pop right out of bed. But I feel like that's kind of who Harry is anyway, so. Um, But... I, I also, I love, like, that, that there's this thing about England having, like, cloudy weather all the time. Um, what did you think of the weather there? Like, did you notice it like that? Um, no. It definitely was not as bad as everyone, like, made it seem. I know. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. The only thing that, like, is 
it was real like in February when I first got there, like their winter is mostly mm-hmm. just kind of like rain. Um, but, but like, like our winter is like death cold. <laughs> like, exactly. Like I'd rather have a little bit of rain like for like half an hour. Like the only mm-hmm. thing is like sometimes it like changes throughout the day and like the mm-hmm. like the weather is kind of unpredictable. But I'd rather have that than eight feet of snow in two weeks at Austin. Right. Like <laughs> I feel like weather is just like such a – and pe- British people say this. So it's like such a talked about topic there. Yeah. Like I know the YouTubers always talk about it. And like if it's sunny, it's like, oh my God, it's sunny. But I'm like, I don't think it's like – that drastically different you know I mean like when there was a sunny nice day it was like nice but I feel like whenever there's a sunny nice day everyone's gonna always be excited about it wherever you are right but I love that it's a thing our British listeners should write to us are we wrong did Kara's semester was it just like a random semester that was like a what is it called an outlier yeah um I know when I visited over the summer for like two weeks two summers ago um, it was super sunny the entire time, and we were really lucky. But, like, I also don't know how rare that is, you know? Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't, like, I think it was, like, um, when I left uh, England, when did I leave? May? Um, it was definitely starting to get, like, actually hot. So, like, mm-hmm. um, I think I was kind of in the, like, more temperate time. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that he said this. It was just a little snippet into his childhood mm-hmm. um, with his mom. Um Okay, on marriage and having kids. Uh, so then Chelsea, like, asks this random question about um, whether Harry wants to get married and have kids, which just brought me so much back to the 1D interview the boys did with Barbara Walters back in the day. Oh, my God. Where she asked them if they wanted kids, and they were like, yeah, definitely. Like, we definitely want kids. Like, And she's like, as young as you are? And they were like, yeah. Um, oh, wow. Like classic moment in 1D's history. So true. Oh, <laughs> I know. Um, and then there was the Nary interview um, later than that, but not not that recently, where um, the boys were Nary. <laughs> Harry and I were joking around about um, people asking him that question, and and they were saying like, as soon as hiatus hits, or as soon as like the band breaks up, it's like bam, people expect us to pump out tell ten children or whatever. Um, and yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but I just thought that was funny that they, like, went back to this, like, age-old question of so wanting kids. Um, and Harry was like, oh, well, I think so, probably. Yeah. Um, and he also then said, I can't wait for a time for a time when that's a thing for me. I look forward to that in my life. For now, I feel like you enjoy experiences more when you go with people you really want to be with and really care about. I'm enjoying working right now, and if you're working, you should make the most of it. Um, honestly, I feel like a proud mother who's, like, raised her feminist daughter to, like, be a working woman or something. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm like, yes, Harry, you are a working woman. You go out and, like, focus on your career before you have kids. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think he wants kids. He said that in the past. He seems to want them here. But I don't think that's something, like, he's going to be, like, focusing on, you know? Yeah. And also, I think it's interesting. He does this kind of a lot. When he's um, he uses like the, like you like you you enjoy experiences more like mm-hmm. it, he's kind of like distancing himself like I'm not sure I think he kind of does this with the more uncomfortable questions mm-hmm. um, although he did talk about the weather in the second person so never mind maybe it's just like a thing he does sometimes weather is very personal to him <laughs> so <laughs> close to, too close to home but I think it's a, kind of interesting and I'm gonna be like looking out for that more because that's so cool we can yeah. analyze the boys' speech patterns. Yeah. Yes. When we really have nothing left to talk about on Talk Direction. 
vocal analysis. Like we we need some program. If you've designed a program like about speech analysis where you can like put in their interviews and like get information back, I need it, please. Yeah. Um. Anything else on this section? Nope. I just want to see all the babies though. Eventually, that'll I mean, be so eventually, great. Though. Eventually, eventually, a long time coming. A long yep. time coming. Um. All right, on One Direction. Of course, they had to talk about One Direction. I'm surprised they didn't talk more about it because, I mean, I don't know if I'm surprised based on the context of the entire magazine, but, like, you would think there might be a lot of focus. I know with Zayn, there was a lot of focus on leaving the band. I mean, he did it a lot more drastically. Yeah. And, I mean, now they're not leaving. They're just doing their own projects. Yeah. But, like, um, it was was very briefly touched on, and obviously that had to happen. But, um, yeah, do you want to read the, the quote I have here first? Sure. Um, I'm enjoying being in the studio and doing this movie, and I'm not too bothered about going on vacation. So no lads holiday, I guess. Um, (laughs) I feel pretty lucky right now. I feel good about everything that happened with the bands. I have no complaints or regrets. So I really like this. I mean, we know he's in the studio, which is a good thing. Um, And I like that he said, I have no complaints or regrets. Like, I feel like we know everything with what Zane said. He did have a lot of, like, problems with being in One Direction and how it was managed, but Harry seems to, like, take it for what it is and, like, be like, this brought me where I am. The experiences were important. It was an amazing time of my life. And, like, you know, I don't know. Also, I mean, it could also be, like, like a purposeful answer. I don't know. What did you think? I think that this is exactly, like, the kind of thing that I wanted. Like, just, like, you know, a nod to One Direction, like, how mm-hmm. it got them there. And I think that's, like, why we were kind of frustrated with Zane because, yeah, of course he can have, like, all these regrets and, like, um, problems with the, the way he was treated in One Direction, but also, like, you have to recognize, like, that One Direction, like, made it possible for you to mm-hmm. be able to go number one, like, when you were solo, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, why it's kind of, it's still kind of, like, hard to, like, look at him and not feel a little bit, jaded or like jilted I guess kind of just like yeah you can have problems with the band but also recognize that that that's why you're here so Mm -hmm. like be thankful in some way for it I guess yeah it definitely is like uh Harry gave a much much better answer yeah and like always looking back and that's what fans want to see too looking back and only really only positive yes we want to hear like the truth but like at this point like being positive about like how important One Direction is like that doesn't discount if you like felt like it doesn't discount Zane's feelings but like he never acknowledged it the way Harry has just done so quickly yeah just like one sentence yeah um then I have another quote where he was talking about whether or not One Direction will get back together and this comes at a time where Niall has said different things than what Harry has said so we're gonna have to try to figure this out um but Harry said it's difficult it's a difficult question to answer I would never say we'll never do anything again but it's good for us to be exploring different things maybe at some point everyone will want to do this again if that were to happen it would be amazing I would never rule that out it's the most important greatest thing that has ever that ever happened to me being in that band it changed my life um so again such completely positive words about One Direction which is just so nice to see um but also this sort of like so they they weren't ever planning on getting there was no plan which we kind of figured out but to hear it like sort of in solid like writing mm. like from one of them like yeah if we want to get back together in the future we will um, but I feel like this confirms it more that 
it really could be a long time coming, you know? I just, like, am kind of confused because, like, I was, like, we, in, like, inferred this and, like, we knew this. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, you shouldn't have been putting a number on it. And I know that, like, it came, like, there were different numbers from different boys. But, like, I know that Liam said at one point, like, two years. that right. Like, Niall said a year and a half at one point when they were, like, being asked this, like, when they first announced that they were going hi- on hiatus. And I feel like... I just am very confused as to why they put a number on it when they could have just been like, oh, we don't really know. We want to do our own separate things. Mm -hmm. Um, It just, like, wasn't really smart tactics. And they made such a point to being like, yes, we're coming back. Like, I promise. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's – I'm not upset with them for doing this because I think that maybe when they realized how much they wanted to do in their, Mm -hmm. like, own separate directions, like – they kind of realized, oh, like, we're going to have to take longer than we thought and, like, it's not Mm going to be just, like, a, you know, quick two-year break or whatever or a year-and-a-half break. But it's, like, so maybe, like, I mean, you know, you grow and change and you learn Mm -hmm. new things as, like, new things come along. But it's also, like, you probably – I don't know. I just can't imagine them have being, like, oh, yeah, let's go on hiatus and, like, like have wanted to at that moment like put a number on it It just it Mm -hmm. just like felt weird to me that they even put a number on in the first place yeah I think they just like didn't know they just didn't really I think it's so hard to picture it until it's happened and like maybe at the hype of it when everyone's like don't leave don't leave they're like no we're coming back of course we're coming back could could we even imagine not coming back Mm -hmm. and then they like take time off and they're like wow this type of solo stuff takes longer and I'm enjoying it and there's things I want to do and like I want to tour by myself and have my own album and this and that and act in movies. And Mm -hmm. like, while they were still thinking about this, like obviously before One Direction went on hiatus, um, I don't think you really understand it maybe until you're in it. Um, But it, it is, it it kind of here, it really hit me. Like, when will we ever hear Louis sing again? Like, Oh my God. I know. And it's conflicting now because Niall has said another thing recently in interviews where like, they are coming back, like, and it seems like more soon. Is but, it like, just Niall? Like, Niall calling himself just one direction. I know, I know. And I'm like, but I, I feel like Harry's word is more, uh, like, truthful than, I mean, not, not, not than Niall's, but, like, it just goes to show that there really isn't a solid plan. Um, maybe, like, Niall still has, like, the idea that his, like, little album thing is not going to be a big deal, and, like, he's just going to try it out and then, like, go back to One Direction. Um, but I just don't know if that's realistic, you know? Yeah, and it kind of makes me sad because I don't want them to be on different, like, levels of, like, wanting to come back. I want them to be, like, happy Mm -hmm. in whatever they're doing and, like, fully happy and not, like, oh, I wish we were in One Direction right now. Because, like, Mm -hmm. what if, like, Niall and Louie want to get the band back together but Liam and Niall, like, Harry want to do their own thing? What if it's Liam, Niall, and Louie and Harry doesn't rejoin them? I could see that happening. I know, me too, but I don't want to think about that. (laughs) Oh, my God. At that point, they've made up with Zayn and Zayn comes back. (laughs) Could you imagine (laughs) That's going to be about 15 years, let's be real. That's the time (laughs) for the Zooey makeup. (laughs) So true. Um, But yeah, it just really struck me that, like, especially with Louis, like, we have all the boys doing, like, singing things, but Louis is not singing himself, as far as we know. Yeah, yeah. And that is just really sad, especially thinking about Made in the AM and, like, what we didn't get to hear from them. Like, when will we ever hear that album be performed live? If not, like, <laughs> so 
many years I guess from now, when, you know? like, Louie, Liam, and Niall get the band back together. <laughs> no, no. Will they even have the rights to sing Olivia? Like, oh, oh. man. Man. But also, so wait, sad. okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Because, like, Brandon Flowers, he's from The Killers. And, mm-hmm. like, obviously, The Killers were, like, widely successful. And I went to... um his like solo concert and he has his own solo music and stuff but he did sing some of the killer's songs even when the other killers weren't with him because like he knew that it's like a very popular thing yeah so, like, maybe like harry will love olivia so much that like when he goes oh on tour God. he'll want to sing I it you know so I yeah so. and also he wait that was another happen. thing i wanted to talk about with the paul mccartney thing i totally forgot though like um at the beginning when the beatles broke up um paul said he didn't really want to do like Beatles stuff but then, like, now he just does it all the time and he doesn't really mm-hmm. mind doing it. So I feel like once there's more distance, like, he mm-hmm. won't feel like he's being defined by One Direction. But it's just, right. like, a part of his past that he'll, like, feel fond about. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he still feels fond about it. But, like, you know, can fondly reminisce and be connected with without, like, him, de- like, defining him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. Anything else about this? Nope. Okey-dokey. So now Chelsea asked about God. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, One Direction to God. I know. Um, which is, again, a question that isn't ever, wasn't ever really asked in One Direction's history, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and not a lot of, not really something get, that gets asked a lot, um, I think, just in general with interviews. Yeah. Um, but Harry said, I definitely consider myself to be more spiritual than religious. I'm not super tied in to certain rules, but I think it's naive to say nothing exists and there's nothing above us or more powerful than us. I think that's a little narrow-minded. I definitely believe in karma. I think everything happens for a reason is a difficult one because there's a lot of crap happening in the world right now that's so unfair. So it's hard to look at that stuff and think, well, everything happens for a reason. But I definitely think there's something, that it's not just us. Because, you know, it's kind of crazy to think that it is just us. I'm not saying I believe in aliens, but you know what I mean. Um, And he had also, before this, talked about, like, how he was saying, like, I know it sounds stupid for people to say, like, they're spiritual. And they always think they're kind of like, I don't know what word he used. Um, but like probably not something we should probably say <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but um, I I just really liked I feel like you get such a look into his mind and like how articulate and like well thought out and deep he is you know I think people brush him off as someone stupid I mean we know he's not but um, I just really like the way he thinks and looks at the world here and also like uh, not believing in aliens. I mean, that was kind pretty of rude. I'm kind of offended. So... Also, who the heck doesn't believe in aliens, dude? Like, like it's it's actually scientific. Like that there are life forms out there, not necessarily in our solar system, but like in yeah. all the space. Like the best scientists in the world had said, like there are other like, living creatures. So it literally has to be not. Yeah, it's not like a like do you believe in God or not type of situation. Yeah. It's like scientists like. It's science, people. I know, dude. Like, if you believe in climate change, you believe in climate change. Um, But yeah, that, like, was, like, who doesn't believe in aliens at this point in our world? Like, Harry, like, please read a book. Get with the program. I know, honestly. That was pretty offensive to me, honestly. I took it very personally. I I honestly think that's something an alien would say. That's so so true. Um, you know, he's trying to cover up his own kind. Truly. Yeah, because, like, no one was talking about aliens. He just had to bring it up, though. Mm-hmm. 
What did you um, think about his, the rest of his response? I liked it, and I liked how nuanced it was because mm-hmm. um, he was talking about how, like, you know, he thinks, like, everything happens, like, it's how naive, like, everything happens for a reason, that whole genre, or, like, that whole, like, thought process is, but, like, how Mm -hmm. it kind of works, kind of doesn't, there's, like, it's, like, more than just black and white, you can't just say, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I believe in all of this, I mean, I guess you could, but he likes the more approach that's, like, kind of just, like, uh, a spectrum of spirituality, if you'll you'll (laughs) go with me on that one. I never understand, like, what spiritual actually means in that, like, does it mean people, like, thinks there's, like, spirits among us? Or, like, could it just mean, like, does it just mean that you don't, you believe that there could be something more, you know? I I think it's more, like, when I think spiritual, I think, like, meditation and, like, kind of being, Mm -hmm. like, um, like, looking inward to yourself and sort Mm -hmm. of just, like, being on that wavelength and like yoga and like just being very connected to yourself and like the other life forms around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a hard, it's hard to define words. Yeah, it's one of those words that have like a million definitions, you know? Yeah. I could feel like people be like, Oh, I'm spiritual. It means like they think like there's ghosts around them. Which, I mean, <laughs> Kara, <laughs> I mean... Um, like not that that's not valid. <laughs> Kind of validating my belief in ghosts. But like, I think that. But then, like, like I, I don't know. Just like my own thinking of things. Like, I wouldn't say I'm spiritual, but I'm not saying that I don't think nothing exists. You know? Yeah. But I wouldn't uh, yeah. say, oh, I'm a spiritual person. I, I do think that kind of sounds a little odd. Like, oh, I'm spiritual. I, I don't know. know. I feel like I have to go on a self-defying journey, or what's it called? I like, know. you know, a self-changing journey, whatever that's called before I can call myself that, but I feel like, yeah, because, uh, like, when you think of that, you think of someone, like, hiking through the Alps and, like, yeah, praying yeah. on the mountain or something. Like, like nature. Yeah, I and, like, I feel, like, connected to that most of the time, mm-hmm. but I just, I feel like, yeah, spiritual is kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm still down for our Fantasia whole thing, like, I mean, absolutely, that's, <laughs> that's the goal, that was, like, the religion, quote-unquote, we made up when we were, like, ninth grade or something, yeah, it was pretty um, idealistic, I love it, it was kind of based around, like, Harry Potter, and, like, I just remember I always wanted my Fantasia, or, like, my afterlife, or whatever we were saying, to be, like, me going to Hogwarts, and, oh, like, I always thought of, like, of trees world. and, like, well, that too, it, it was, all, like, there was multiple lands, and you could go between them, and, like, you exactly. could, it was and, pretty like, much you could do whatever you wanted, what the fictional characters that like everyone you wanted to be real yeah i.e harry styles yeah Um, true he fits in i wonder if we like what it would if we had harry in like one direction back then what it would have been like i know that was multiple years before even they were famous you know yeah i i honestly think about it all the time like how different like i would be if i was growing up around this time because it's like Mm -hmm. okay i'm only 21 but like the couple of years since i've like grown out of like teenage dumb like things have changed a lot like I think the body positivity movement has like really blown up and just like Mm -hmm. I I, you know feminism like like, all these becoming more uh like well known Mm -hmm. um just social media being way bigger even than like like that many years ago because as freshmen in in high school that was like eight years ago now Oh, I've been on Tumblr since <laughs> that time, so. I know, but it wasn't as big. It wasn't, yeah. like, Twitter wasn't as big as it is now. Like, no, yeah, for sure. YouTube wasn't as big. Like, eight years ago is a long time in technology. It's so, so different. We didn't wild. have Snapchat and, like, Instagram. Well, I don't know when Instagram started, but, like, 
I know at the beginning of high school, Snapchat wasn't around. So, like, there's all these yeah. things that are so different. How did we get on this topic? <laughs> I, alien spirituality and then Snapchat, apparently. I don't know. Yep. It all connects. Yep. Um, anything more about this? No, oh, but I, I like, yeah, your last sentence is really cute. Yeah, I would love to have late night chats with him. Yeah. Um, I feel agreed. like he could talk about creating colors in your mind and like elves in your head and fun things like that. I know. By the way, I feel like I haven't seen, like, I know we've been talking for like three hours basically, but I feel <laughs> like I haven't like seen you in such a long time. And it, like, I know. I know. Wait, when are we going to see each other? I don't know. because I don't break? know. If I'm When's your October for- break? I don't know if I'm coming home for uh, Columbus Day. Oh, maybe I'll go to you. Oh, or I could come to you. Yeah, we should figure this out. Yeah, we should come for Halloween, too. I'm actually going to Philadelphia for Halloween. Kara! I know, I'm sorry, but that's the only day that it works for everyone. How how much were you dreading telling me that? Uh, (laughs) I was really dreading you, and I I didn't want to sell you, and now it came out on air. Well, I'm really severely disappointed. No, okay, but if we like hung out on in the middle of October, no, it's not the same. Actually, it would be similar. So, screw you. Girl, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's fine. Not really. Um, but I'll, I'll I can't I can't yell at you on air. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, I'll come. I know, right? Um, no, I can come because I have a whole week off, so I can come visit and we can do what the H thing. like, as in like, um, for like the weekend of Columbus. Oh wait, we should probably talk about this afterwards. Like, <laughs> we do it. It's already yeah. long enough. I know. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Okay, so this is the last part of the Chelsea Handler interview. It's called favorite stage memory. Um, oh, this is what I titled it. It's not actually called. Um, <laughs> but Harry said <clears throat> about his favorite stage memory was. <laughs> playing these big venues when you just see a when you see a sea of people that view you stop for a second and wish you could bring all your friends to just stand there with you for a second and see it it's unlike anything else there's no drug that you can take that gives you that same high it's pretty amazing that it's a natural thing the feelings come back to you the view the people it's cool to have such a specific moment in your mind to look back on um I really, really like this one because I think it's, again, one of those hashtag relatable things where, like, just there's points in your life where you sort of, like, pause and are like, like, I'm living this moment right here or wish, like, you could bring people and be like, this is what this is like. This is how I'm feeling in this moment. Like, this intense excitement. Like, I just, I immediately think of the love is love speech. That was such a, like, Uh. clear moment, like, a, a, a flash photo moment in my head of, like, gripping Kara's hand and, like, dying together like like the whole love is love like that such a specific moment um and it's like sort of pocketed away as this like thing that I can pull out and sort of feel that feeling and I feel like this is what Harry's talking about here this is exactly the kind of thing that you like hold on to to make your Patronus you know (gasps) oh yes oh my god like oh my god I never knew what I would pick for my Patronus oh my god what's your Patronus (laughs) um so I don't know if I like agree with that quiz but I got a what did I get a dun mare which is like a type of horse Mm -hmm. yeah Um, I got a white mare (laughs) I think that's very interesting that we both got horses which I like understand um yeah I mean I when we did do talk about it on talk direction I did say a horse as what I did okay because I always wanted like a wolf or something or like a big dog Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I mean, a horse would be good too. Like one of my friends got like a weasel. And I was like, there's no way that you're going to be a Dementor with a freaking weasel, dude. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, that's so true. It is one of those moments. That's a perfect description for anyone who knows what a Patronus is. I'm sure um, we all do, hopefully. Yeah, if not, go educate yourself, kids. Harry Potter 101. Yeah. Um, and I just like but- love the thought that like, this is like a natural thing there's nothing you need to like Mm -hmm. inject your body with or you know like Mm -hmm. you don't have to like it just it's a natural thing that humans can feel this like euphoric happiness just like it's so crazy I'm sure like everyone's thinking of like a really really happy euphoric moment that you just like had naturally and just wow I'm just Mm -hmm. thinking of like especially like when I was in Amsterdam like I'm thinking of this like one snapshot I was like this is my life and it's crazy and Mm -hmm. it's like I'm experiencing this right now and it just Wow. Life, man. That's all I have to say about it. I want to collect those moments and, like, write them down. That's so true. Wow. But, like, when they are those moments, you remember them, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember, like, I danced for, like, my entire life, pretty much, and we'd have performances um, at a local theater, and I just remember especially when for Nutcracker when I like got to be Snow Queen and I got to be the Dewdrop Flower like it was so amazing the feeling being up there performing and like having just like it's just performing I think is an interesting feeling as well and while it's nothing compared or not nothing but it's very different a very different situation to what Harry has experienced it's very similar in some ways you know Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's just performing but there's a million other different feelings like that like standing in Amsterdam or like being at a concert or just things that end up meaning a lot and you just feel that intensity um and I think you do remember it too because it's like actual like the neurotransmitters in your head like the adrenaline um helps you form that long-term memory better it's so interesting interesting. I love learning that stuff yeah um Um, I'm just thinking of when I uh performed in the talent show as a cheetah girl in in third grade you know I I really felt this euphoric bliss of the the crowd watching um (laughs) I was so jealous of you watching cheetah girls the other day oh my god it's so good everyone please go watch cheetah girls all three are on Netflix and oh they um, are oh my god and me and my friends were working through the second one which is great also oh that sounds like so much fun yeah um all right anything else about this interview no I just really like it and I thought like I was like oh there's nothing like that new that we could talk about but then we talked about it for so long so I know um I I tried to like create some conversation questions because I didn't just out of the two interviews besides like Gemma's bit there wasn't it wasn't like it was that unbelievable stuff I mean besides like the god thing which was different and like that, I mean, a lot of it was more stuff that we'd seen, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I also didn't mind that the interview was like that, given everything else we got in the entire oh, for um, sure. magazine. I agree. And we have so much more time. Yeah. Like, this is just the, like, the tip of the iceberg. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're in for so much more. So, so true. Um, all right. So let's move on to Gemma's bit. So Gemma Styles, this was called Gemma Styles on growing up with her brother before she had to share him with the world. I mean, this is a really emotional piece. Yeah. Um, Gemma wrote it about her, and Gemma, who's a writer, um, which is cool, she wrote it and it, it, it came across that she's a writer, mm-hmm. um, about like growing up with Harry and what he was like. And sort of you got to see like where 
it's sort of like trying to track where he became this star, you know, like going back and being like, is this the moment that we can see it? Is this the moment? And like, where was that? And sort of like the puzzle piecing together of a star, but also recognizing that this is just like a kid and like there wasn't necessarily a trajectory and it sort of like stumbled into happening. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, did, what What's your sort of reaction to this? Um, uh, this was the last interview I read and it, I don't know. I, for some reason, didn't expect it to be so emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like the last part. Holy moly. Like, don't get there yet. I know. But, I'm going to start crying. Yeah. And I just feel like Gemma like killed it. Like this is so well written. Um, mm-hmm. I'm taking a creative nonfiction class and, you know, this would be a perfect example of like creative or like nonfiction done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, like a personal essay done really, really well. And just like the, the amount of detail and the specific examples just like really, I just felt like these are new things that we've never heard before. A lot of it. Right. And I just yeah. like loved getting all these details and insight into her and Harry's life when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And I think this one did make him seem more like a person. And I always find that with like, siblings talking about siblings or just seeing siblings together pictures of siblings or anything like that I'm so able to relate to it having three other siblings and like you have two other siblings and like it just it's something that's so relatable in that it has nothing to do with being famous or not famous it's like Mm -hmm. within your own family and like because Harry is a normal person to Gemma it's just as like I'm a normal person to my sister Rebecca and I don't know there's just something so um more understandable about sibling relationships than any other type of relationship that there could be because like we've lived the same thing yeah exactly Um, and as a big sister like you and I are both big sisters yeah um and I thought that was so interesting also to have that big sister perspective looking at someone that like you so want to take care of and admire and like like keep close to your heart and that's sort of yours to take care of and also like letting him go and letting him grow and stuff like that and it's so wild because like me and um there's like the same age difference between me and my brother and Gemma and Harry and I'm the older sister Mm -hmm. and like my brother's the younger one and like I just like saw so many parallels between um like me and my brother and her and Harry it was just it was just so Mm -hmm. wild and it seemed so like real to me yeah, so, so real. That's why I love just anything like that. I'm like, oh, yeah. I get it. I get it, you know? Yeah, because, like, um, we're not parents, have... so we're no, the, we we're don't not. understand that vibe. Right. Um, and I have two younger sisters, and, well, they're sisters, not brothers. Like, um, again, there was just so many relatable things, yeah. you know? Um, I have an older brother, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, okay, so I had collected some quotes, but, again, I didn't do everything, so pick what you want as well. Um, the first thing I had was um, people scare. This was what sort of Gemma, um, I think, started off with in the beginning uh, to describe Harry and his relationship to the world. And she said, people scurry to gather tidbits of information about his life, whether re- they're readily shared or not, to try and understand where this creature with the hair and the silver boots came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that it almost seemed like she understood what it's like to look at him from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how we see him as this like, and, and not not how we see him as this womanizer, blah, blah, blah. Because I feel like that's not what people see him, uh, what we see him as. But a lot of people assume we do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or as this like boy band, cool, famous, which I think what like the regular public sees him as, but it almost seemed like Gemma was seeing him as what we see him as, as like this creature with hair and silver boots and like this forest fairy wonder, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I liked. Um, anything about that? Um, no, I mean, I just love that she, like, referenced, like, his, you know, like, boots, so. Yeah, I know. She know- she knows where it's at, pretty much. Yeah. Um, another, another bit that I pulled out was the story about, um, about Harry when he was a kid. This was something new, that he was always, like, super loud as a kid and, like, was doing, like, crazy, ridiculous things. And one of them that Gemma reflected on was one of the times Harry tried to get Gemma in trouble. Um, and that, and that was by telling their mom that she was a drug dealer and, and just responded like, no, she's not, she's nine. And um, the, the reason that he did it was because Gemma told him that WWE or whatever, like the wrestling is fake. Like if that's not like older sister, younger brother, I don't know what is like, that's so funny. It's so so funny. And and again, this doesn't this doesn't make me go, "Oh, he was such a cool and interesting kid. I can see he was a star." That just makes me go like, "Oh, he was a normal kid just like everyone else, you know?" A weirdo who like tries to get his sister in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, like little kids say stupid things like so that. So funny. Little kids are so hilarious. I know, they're amazing. God. Oh, I I feel like um I've been I don't know what I've been watching. I mean, I do know one thing I've been watching, but I don't want to give spoilers uh, away. But um, there's just been a lot of babies I've been seeing in different places on TV and, like, (laughs) things like that. And I know some YouTube vloggers who are, like, having another baby. And I've just been like, babies are so wonderful. Like, (laughs) kids are amazing. Um, But, yeah, little Harry. God, what it would have been to know little Harry. That would have been amazing. Um. Another, uh, some other stuff about Harry's loud and center of attention to behaviors as a kid um, was one of the ones was she was saying about how when they were um, in line for the school drop off, he would like stick his head out the top of the car and like entertain all the other cars like as they went by, which is just ridiculous. Um, And another time they were on holiday and like he made friends with a ton of like women and they were all like waving goodbye to him as he left the hotel and they all wanted to send him off. So like, I mean, automatically he was like one of those super charismatic, like outgoing kids, um, which is is very like kind of obvious to look back on and see that like with the way he is now, um, always charming people. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, I, I also think of, like, how I was as a kid, um, and we were talking about this in my psych class the other day, I think, how, like, um, people, uh, understanding if people's personalities really do actually change, or they don't, they can't really change, Mm -hmm. um, and I know when I was a little kid, like, I was so outgoing, like, my mom said I would, like, go up to people all the time, was talking to them, and I know that carried on through, like, a lot of elementary school I was super outgoing like I I don't know if I mean I had moved from England in second grade and like I was like the new kid or whatever and I just remember I feeling like super popular and cool and like whatever and and as I got older like that's completely stopped I'm very like not outgoing at all like and I'm trying to think of like how that changed and how like what happened um but I I don't know. I guess looking back with Harry, it isn't, there wasn't, you know, it is something you can sort of draw a line to. 
Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, were you going to say something about your childhood? Oh, I mean, just that, like, yeah, like, I was, like, you know, performing the Cheetah Girls in front of, like, right. hundreds of people. Like, you could not pay me to do that, mm-hmm. like, now, you know? It's just yeah. crazy. I think also part of it is, like, you know, growing up and becoming more self-conscious and, like, being more aware mm-hmm. that people are judging you and watching you. But the fact mm-hmm. that, like, Harry kind of saw that, and, I mean, obviously he had struggles, I'm sure, like, was kind of feeling judged and, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh whatever because I remember like you know that time when he was like crying about uh messing up on um live show whatever is one example um but I think the fact that he kind of like looked past that and like moved past that and still maintained his like magnetic charismatic outgoing aura or is just like so really it's just like awesome and cool and Mm -hmm. inspirational yeah definitely it is um I feel like I was gonna say something but I forgot it I don't know. Also, like, it's interesting, too, I think, with, like, you were saying he carries that throughout where he goes now. Um, But it would be cool to see, like, how he was when he was starting Dunkirk versus, like, doing something more music side where he's, like, uh, like, way more comfortable in a music setting versus, like, going to Dunkirk. Because I know when I'm comfortable, I can be super loud and outgoing, especially if if it's with people who are slightly younger than me. I mean, I guess Harry's probably not working with people that are younger than him, but, like, in an environment where, like, you are the person rather than just being someone coming into a situation like Dunkirk rather than being, like, the head honcho in, like, a music, like, meeting, you know, I think your levels of comfortability (laughs) change. Um, uh, playing in school. Playing school? Oh, playing school. Um, (laughs) I really like this bit when Gemma was talking about how Harry would, like, she would pretend to be the teacher and Harry would pretend to be the kid, um, and he would, like, be all the different kids in the class, and if someone was absent, he'd have to, like, say, oh, he's out sick, or blah, 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 (laughs) and it just, again, brought me back to, like, being a kid and playing school, and just such normal things for kids to do, Mm -hmm. where, like, while he's this, like, person who seems, like, so crazy creature out there with the silver boots, he was, like, that wasn't how he was always, and, like, that doesn't mean that's how he is now, but we see him as that, and, like, really, he was just a kid who played school just like the rest of us, you know? But also, it makes me, like, I don't know, I feel like they must have had a really good relationship, um, like, mm-hmm. when they were younger, because I know, I feel like my brother probably wouldn't, like, pretend to be a student if I wanted to play school, you know, mm-hmm. so I think that's really um, an indicator of how close they were. Yeah, it's such an interesting brother-sister relationship. Um, I mean, I'm close with my brother, but I don't think he plays school. Like, if I wanted to play, like, maybe a more, more typical boy game, yeah. which I hate to say, then, yeah. like, I could do that. Or, like, we would wrestle and stuff like that, but... um it is, I think it's interesting to have that relationship. And I don't know what, it, maybe it's about Harry's personality and like what he's interested in um, and how they fit together. But at one point she did say like they weren't as close when she was like in college, I think, or in university. And like he was like in his teens or like 13 around there. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so I guess relationships do change too. And I feel like they're super close now as well. Um, yeah, I, like, definitely related to that part, too, um, when she said that, like, uh, I think they weren't as close, like, when they were in, like, high school age, mm-hmm. and then when she moved out of the house, like, he 
uh, like slept in her room for like a couple of weeks. That was apparently. so sweet. I know. And also it just reminded me of like when I went to college, me and my brother, like we weren't very close in high school, but when I went to college, like I, he, my mom definitely said like my brother really missed me. And mm-hmm. he, like, even spent time in my room. He, like, took it over just, like, to put all his Aww. crap in it. But, like, he still, like, went into it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, we, we've definitely like, grown closer since I, like, went away to college. And now he's mm-hmm. in college, too. So, like, our, like, you know, friendship as siblings has, like, grown so much. And I think that, like, mm-hmm. you know, distance really makes the heart grow fonder. So I feel like they probably mm-hmm. are, like, at their closest, like, now mm-hmm. when they, like, barely see each other. But, like, sometimes that's the way it goes, you know. Yeah, and, and, like, as you become an adult and more formed in your thinking and maybe, like, um, like as a kid, you don't know everything and there can be conflicts with age difference, but as you get older, your age doesn't matter as much and, like, you can be more on the same level, especially now that they both have their own careers and, like, their own doing things, you know? It's not so much... I mean, there's still obviously an older sister-younger brother relationship, and I think that always stays true because you always, like, as an older sibling, feel like you, like, have to protect them in some ways. Um, yeah. Which is clear from what Gemma's written. Yeah, definitely. Um, another bit I wanted to talk about was just something that um, Harry sort of struggled in growing up, which was um, sort of being in the shadow of Gemma in school. She said she she was sort of the geeky, quiet kid who was like teachers liked, and she was always getting A's. And Harry found it hard to live up to that. He was more like cool and loud and outgoing, but found it hard to live up to like her A's and was getting B's. Meanwhile, A's and B's are pretty damn good. I know. (laughs) Um, But like, I just um, thought it was good to see that insight of also the relatable thing of trying to live up to your older sibling. Um, Yeah. And like, how do you navigate that? And and Harry's mom would always tell Gemma to help him with like his schoolwork, which I know I've helped my sisters. I got help from my brother. Yeah. Um, Just all those dynamics. Literally the exact same dynamic me and my brother had. It's insane. Because <laughs> I was so like the very quiet, mm-hmm. like one in classes. And like sometimes teachers would be like, oh, I didn't even like realize you two related because like right. I, I don't know. He like sh- definitely shared his personality more with um, teachers and like classmates. And I was just kind of like in the corner, just, mm-hmm. you know, doing my notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to like even realize that like your sibling. Like, how to picture your sibling in class. Because that's an environment you never really get to see them in. Even, like, if you go to the same school as them. um, Like, it's sometimes hard to understand how they are. Be like, oh, who in my class is equivalent to my sibling? Like, are they as outgoing as this person? Like, how do they... I know that was always a thing I tried to think about with my siblings. Um, Especially my youngest sister, who I think is more outgoing than the rest of us. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I also really thought uh it was interesting to hear Gemma talk about being jealous and envious of Harry um as well sort of just like the rest of us (laughs) to Mm -hmm. be honest um she said everything he does seems to be effortless even now watching him leap around a stage in front of thousands of people he seems untroubled and free from self-doubt it is easy to be jealous he's one of those people who are just good at things we all know one but to assume this means he takes it all for granted or doesn't worry or try would be oversimplifying him unfairly. His bundles of talents are a mixture of his natural ability and intense heart. Love this. Um, I love, love, love this part. Why did you love it, Kara? I just think that, like, again, like, we're seeing the more human side of him, like, when he was saying, like, he was out of his comfort zone. It's just, like, it's so easy to kind of just, like, write him off. I mean, like, we, 
you know, uh, even like we're, you know, diehard fans of Harry and we know he has different facets of himself, but we still kind of all bundle that in under this like, you know, godly, like mm-hmm. fairy that could have no worries and no self-doubts. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like everyone has that and it's so good to be reminded and like stay grounded in that fact and just mm-hmm. like remember that no one's like uh, completely oblivious to the way the world sees them. Right. And, like, he's still not all put together, and he's still developing, and, like, um, but he is really cool, you know? Gemma did say, as as a sibling, to say he's one of those people, we all know one, who, like, is good at everything, that does say something, because while we can look at Harry and be like, oh, he's good at everything, it's different when a sibling says that, because they know them on a whole nother level, and they know what, what levels of people are like, and how their sibling sort of, like, compares to everyone else. Um, I know my mom talked about some kid who used to go to university with her who some guy who like was an extremely good cello player he like played football for like he was like quarterback of the football team he was like went to end up going to like Juilliard or like Harvard like he was intensely smart like had all these wide range of talents and like it's just like weird to have someone who has like all these things I don't know, to, to be a person like that. And Gemma says he is something. So it does seem like he's somehow different than the rest of us, I suppose. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's a reason why he's Harry Styles and I'm not, right. you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Not to say that we don't have talents, but they're just in different ways where his, you know, manifest yeah. in different ways, I suppose. For sure. Um... um... The next bit, I also really love the natural ability and intense heart. That was really lovely written. Gemma, good job. Um, I really liked the story about Harry um, running baths for Anne, his mom, and, like, putting candles out and, like, trying to, like, treat her when she was, like, feeling stressed or something. I know. And how she said it was, like, because he watched all those rom-coms. I was like, (laughs) I loved that. Um, I was like, is that why he brings candles to hotels to, like, remind himself of his mom and, like, home? And, I mean, yes, he says home, but, like, just, like, back to that specific moment or those moments. I thought that mm-hmm. was cute. Um, and truly raised, like, good kids. Man, and what a woman. Um, the next bit was about him always being into fashion. Um, and that he always had, like, multiple jobs, like a paper route, she said, and, like, had the job at the bakery and would always be up earlier than him. And to be making money so that he could like go buy the newest pair of shoes or like different things like that, which is really cool, especially in this magazine to see that, that he was always really intensely into fashion mm-hmm. um, because not everyone is. And, um, but it's so clear how much he cares about fashion now. And it wasn't something that like developed later on. It was something that was sort of always with him. Um, what did you think about that bit? I thought that was really interesting. And to think of like his, his style when he was like beginning on x factor i know it's just so cute to think that like he i don't know i mean we all had like a weird sense of style at some Mm -hmm. point in our lives probably um so i don't know just to think that like he thought that was very stylish it's just so cute (laughs) to me kind of just like this affirmed that like he was the kind of person that always wants to be busy Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I'm not the type of person who were, like had three jobs to like mm-hmm. in a paper route and would wake up early on a Saturday, you know, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Um, so this kind of like, you know, he was very hardworking and motivated from even at a young age to yeah. get what he wanted. So, I mean, it makes sense to like how he ended up getting where he was. 
Mm-hmm. I need a little bit more of that spirit in my life. I'm I'm know, a person who's content to literally lay in bed for like an entire week and not do anything. I know, <laughs> like, like I don't not like, see people. Like I'm so content with that. <laughs> yeah, like when people are just like, I don't understand. I feel terrible if I stay like in bed for three hours. I'm just like three hours. Try three months. Like, <laughs> literally, <yeah>. last semester. <laughs> um. But yeah, I it is it is interesting. And he does seem like one of those people who wants to keep doing things now as well. Yeah, I feel like, like all the boys are, which makes mm-hmm. I mean, except for Zane, but is he one of the boys now? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think that's like why they got so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, the next bit is about music, which again I thought this was so interesting. Um, because she talked about how her and Harry would always be sharing music back and forth and Harry would look to her for like advice and she always had this like what does she call it? like she was like talking about like her punk rock her punk emo and emo like emo days yeah, yeah. <laughs> um which I thought I mean that was the time back in like the early 2000s yeah um but uh I really liked um when she said that when she went and watched This Is Us for the premiere in the in the theater like um at the red carpet event, this is us being One Direction's booby. Um, she was listening to him speak about the music that had drifted down from my attic bedroom. That's so, so interesting. like, just that full circle type of situation. What's your What's your response to that? Because I feel like I'm talking a lot. I like want to know like what type of music and exactly like what music she gave him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would love to know the inside and out. I just like want to know every single detail. Um, he, like added so much and then I'm, I'm just like I want more like I know, I know there needs honestly to be if we could get but... Gemma on this podcast we would be so respectful so like Gemma come on if you're listening honestly just hang out we'll just like drink some wine or not drink some water or drink some tea who knows know. just chat Gemma <sighs> anyway um, yeah I thought that was really cool with the music and that like they had that to bond over whether or not they bonded over at different parts of their life whether they felt like they were close or not um, mm-hmm. we also found out not really a surprise because he said it before that he wanted to do physiotherapy um, but then things changed obviously um, <laughs> um, uh, then the, the story that I really really liked and was very like felt most hit by like emotionally I think was her talking about taking Harry to the X Factor um, for boot camp. So, like, he'd made it past, like, the judges, um, live, whatever, judges um, uh, audition, um, and then was going to boot camp, and she took him because I think both their parents were busy. um, And, like, she went to the stage door um, to drop him off and just like seeing him like sort of go off and talk to some people. And she knew that was the point where she had to leave him and like go wait until she came back. And when she went back and picked him up, she expected to like have to console him and like take him back home and like somehow cheer him up from not making it. Um, But he did make it. And then he kept making it. Uh, And it was just really cool to sort of get that uh, again, sibling perspective of like, wanting so much for your sibling but also being ready for when it doesn't work out and like just like going back going to the back door like I've been when I performed like going to the back door I can like I can picture that so easily where it just looks like nothing and it's like just a random little alleyway or something and just seems Mm. like nothing but so much is going on inside and so many things are happening and changing uh and I don't know what did you think of that story I think it was just like 
it's so interesting because I feel like we always hear this from like Harry's perspective, mm-hmm. this story, or like all the other boys' perspective, or like vaguely from Anne's perspective of about like um, you know uh, never seeing him again. That was too intense. But like him leaving <laughs> at sixteen and never coming right. back. But like I feel like we've never truly gotten like like Gemma's perspective and yeah. like she was there for it. Mm-hmm. So it just like gives us. I really like hearing her side of the story. Mm-hmm. And and. The ending quote, which is that what you were talking about earlier? Yeah. Um, was, she said, There's no denying he's golden. My baby brother never came home again. He grew up and all of our memories became his origin story. Um, so good. So, so good. Uh, denying he's golden, like, it's so true. He is golden, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and he is special. And while he's normal like us... He's also abnormal in that he is special and golden, and Gemma realizes that. Um, but also to have that, that, like, this is the baby brother that, you know, never came home and grew up. And now everything that happened before him going away is no longer, like, their childhood. But it's, like, the origin story of how Harry Styles came to be and where we trace it back and try to figure yeah. out, like, how he culminated into this person rather than just it being their childhood. You know. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to say about this bit or the whole Gemma bit? I mean, I honestly just am really happy that um, Harry asked Gemma to like write a piece for this because mm-hmm. I think she just really nailed it, and I think it was interesting to like. I don't know. It's always interesting to see Harry from a different point of view. And, like, this is, like, he, I mean, obviously, I guess he probably had the final say about, like, what she put in and what she didn't. But, um, you know, everything else was curated by him, uh, like, how he wanted the world to see him. But, like, we're getting Gemma's point of view, kind of, like, more of a raw and unfiltered view, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I kept on saying obviously, but, like, she could keep things to herself. But I just, I don't know. It's always interesting to get a different point of view from someone who, like, knows him so closely. Mm-hmm. I think this whole section, both Gemma's and the interviews, while the photographs and, like, his personal items almost made him feel distance to me, while still still more human because we get a personal look, but I think this one makes him feel so much more human to me, like, in that I can relate personally to so many more things, like, I've experienced the same things as he's experienced type of thing um, than any other section, and I'm so glad this was included. I think Gemma writes beautifully, and it's such an inter- interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope we get more of this. Not not that it's probable, but <laughs> it's possible. Mm. Um, I also wanted to mention, just in the magazine, uh, there was other stuff in the magazine, obviously. The only one that I know of to mention is that... Um, an artist, I'm pretty sure, is his name Tomo Campbell? Um, I think so. Yeah, he is actually the husband of Lou Teasdale's sister. Um, and he's an artist and painter. Um, and there's an article written about him in this magazine, and Harry is credited for taking the photograph, which so is cool. really cool. So props to Harold there, um, that he's like doing something like artistic in a whole nother field we have like Mm -hmm. fashion and singing and acting and curating and now we have photography Um, so i thought that was really cool 
Um, and just some closing thoughts on everything we've discussed both in this episode and the last episode. Um, how does this make you feel looking towards the future with Harry? I'm just so excited. Like, all of this together has just... I don't know. We got so much. And yet knowing, like, the possibilities are endless to what we're going to mm-hmm. get is just so exciting. Um, and I think that this was a perfect intro- introduction to, like, solo Harry. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that it was on his own terms that, like, it was clearly so much love and thought was put into every single aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, like, her like hurriedly slapped together. Right. Um, and I just love how, like, he – like, his fingerprints are all over it, how he really was there for every step of the way. And it just feels so personal. Um, and, like, dude, the photos are amazing. They're incredible. I'm just – I still can't get over how, like, how great they are. I'm just – I want to show everyone that I've ever known these pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it just makes me so excited for the future. And so excited to see, like, the full person he's becoming and is. And we're starting to see more and more. Um, And that if this is just, like, the first magazine, like, what's the first song going to be like? And what's the first, like, the when we see his movie going to be like? All this stuff. Just, um, we just, the quality. The quality is so impressive. Um, And I know that... I feel like I trust him to keep that quality so high. Um, so I'm just really happy about that and seeing seeing where he goes with it in the future. Um, and, and hopefully also seeing this personal side that we didn't always get in the future. And, and like, yeah. while we, we say he's evasive and, you know, he's quite personal, maybe perhaps when he gets the chance to do it in the way he wants to, we, we do, we are lucky enough to sort of get that glimpse, get that insight. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. And I think my, my next question was, how has our perspective changed in the way we think of Harry and in, in the way we think of One Direction? Um, which is kind of a big one to answer. Um, but I think it, it does change in that I see him pretty much what we've said. I see him, I see him more. I see more of him and I see him like doing his own thing. And I feel like I feel, I don't know, I see him more as like this like actual true artist which we did see him before as but not in this same way um like we actually have like physical evidence of it more so (laughs) than we had in the past what we knew was there is now sort of confirmed yes um and then of one direction i don't even know what i was asking (laughs) (laughs) do you do you have an answer to that or either of these questions um i mean i just think that it's kind of obvious that's like he wants to portray himself in a different way than he mm-hmm. did in One Direction. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see like how different it's going to be. Right. Yeah. And 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 still, at the same time, appreciating One Direction. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For everything that it was. Mm-hmm. Um. And my last comment is that this is just the start of so many things to come, and I'm ready for it. So ready for it. It's the start of something, something new. new. <laughs> oh. When you watch that movie too. So true. Um, all right. Again, general feedback and suggestions for this part of the episode or the last episode, the first half. Um, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Any thoughts, any bits of the interviews that we skipped over that you want us to discuss? Because we can, of course, do like short segments about just perhaps one question or one story we missed out on. Um, but 
Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode 68 of Talk Direction. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. We're going to be talking more about all of this stuff when it comes out. It's great to hear you guys' reactions to Niall's song. We're going to be doing an episode about that. Um, It's great to freak out on Twitter with you guys, (laughs) so we're not alone. So come join us over there. We love talking to you. Uh, you can also email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Visit our Tumblr, which is talkdirection.tumblr.com, or our Instagram, which is talkdirection. You can also follow us individually on Twitter. I am Caitlin I.R. Foster, and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Kara, where can they find you? I'm Kara underscore pond, and Kara is with a C. And you can also head over to www.audibletrial.com slash talkdirection for your first free audiobook. You can also go to iTunes, rate and review us, and subscribe so you get the episode delivered to your phone as soon as possible. And you can follow us on SoundCloud as well. I'm Caitlin. I'm Kara. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 69. Bye!